Hello and welcome to another episode of Convos with Kate. It has been a hot minute since I hopped on here and gave you some scripture. So that's what we're doing today. I'm so excited to dive into that and also a little bit about repentance, um, coming back to God after you've wandered away, which, hey, yo, that's what's been happening to me lately. Um, And then after that, a little bit of a Bible study. So let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of Convos with Kate, my people. I am going to keep it 100% honest with you guys because, you know, I don't really know how else to do it. Um, That's kind of just the way I am. And so I'm going to put it out there that I have been slacking. Oh my goodness. A couple things, I guess, before we jump into the topic for today's episode, which there's just one main thing that I wanted to cover and then just kind of roll with it and see where where it leads to. Um, But in terms of the podcast, I do feel like I had a lot of changes going on throughout the end of fall and through the winter so far, as you guys obviously know about if you have listened to any of the previous episodes. Um, However, I guess I'm specifically referring to my last um, episode, which was about my health journey throughout 2020 in a global pandemic. And I guess what I want to say is I kind of had to repent after that episode and be like, man, I am so far off. Like, I didn't start this podcast to talk about anything other than the Lord and to help encourage people um, to return to Him and to learn from Him and to get excited about Him. Uh, Because I personally have experienced so much joy and... Um, so much, I guess, I don't know how else to say it, like fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, all of these things, um, from having a relationship with God. And man, I feel like it is so easy to get swept away in our culture and swept away by the sea of normalness and, um, fitting in with people or not even that, but just like, tuning into the culture, I guess. Um, And I found myself doing that. And the reason I'm going to leave all those episodes up anyway is because, yes, I do think there are some good nuggets, but I feel like that's just what happens to me. Like, do you guys feel that way too, where you're like really on a great streak running after God really, really hard? And then you just kind of get complacent and maybe you stop reading your Bible as much. Maybe you stop praying as bold of prayers. Maybe you stop discipling other people. Maybe you stop preaching to other people. And it's like that for me, that happens all the time. And so when that happens, like that's my cue to get back on track and to seek God more, not to stay away from him or to shy away from him in any way. It's actually just okay, what's been going on here in my life that's helped, that's kind of made me turn away from God? And then now how can I turn back to him? And, and what does that mean? You know, how can I work through that? And, and how can I allow him to help me through that and to help change my heart so I don't want to wander anymore or I don't want to stray away from him? Um, 
And so I just kind of had to start there because I feel like that's kind of my 2020 in a nutshell was like, I did get very focused on other things. And yes, I still read my Bible the whole year. Yes, I still prayed to God the whole year. Yes, I still tried my best to please him. But that's the thing. I feel like I was coming at it from a mindset of like doing things to please God rather than having my heart focused on him and wanting to serve him just out of pure relationship and love for him, if that kind of makes sense. And so that's kind of where I'm coming from. And I heard a sermon this morning. I looked one up because I specifically wanted to hear from Matt Chandler. I had not listened to a sermon from him on YouTube probably in like, gosh, close to a year, probably like 11 months or something like that. Um, and he just has a way of convicting me. I don't know what it is. It's just something about the way that he presents the gospel to me that really strikes me. And that verse kind of comes to mind where it talks about like the word is as sharp as a double-edged sword. It can cut between bone and marrow. It will distinguish between thoughts and intentions. And so... Ah, I just feel like it did that to me today. And I needed that. I needed that so bad because I guess what I'm trying to say is when you take your eyes off Jesus, the whole thing falls apart. (laughs) And that's what I feel like I've been experiencing lately. But with that, like, what do I, what do we do about that? You know, cause it's like, it's one thing to feel misaligned and know in your spirit that you're not running hard after God anymore. It's a whole other thing to then repent, turn away from that path and then get back on the path of life. You know, I, I am really realizing what the verse means when it talks about, um, the path is narrow that leads to life and wide is the path that leads to destruction because it is so easy to get on the path to destruction like it is so much harder to get on that straight and narrow path and the thing is we cannot do it in our own strength which I like to try to do sometimes but it just doesn't work and then that's when I end up spinning my wheels all confused all off of purpose and on self and so yeah I'm just kind of tired of that and so what did I do to stop that and what can we do to stop doing that or at least kind of get back on track maybe sooner is get back to your Bible. I feel like that was the first step for me was, well, the first step was realizing that I'm off course. Step two, read my Bible. And honestly, you guys, I have the Christian standard Bible. And sometimes it's just very plain. Like it is very much, you know, straightforward. And it was great in the beginning because I had previously the King James version, which (laughs) if you've ever read King James, like you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you have not read King James, don't, well, I shouldn't say don't start because it is really a good translation, but it is hard to understand. And it's like, thou art da da da, like thy, you know, it's just, it's hard. It's older English. And so at first I was like, so grateful to have this Christian standard Bible but then after like reading through the Gospels last year, like one, two, three, four, and then reading um, reading some of them again with Johnny in like a joint Bible kind of time, 
I was so bored going through them in the same translation. And so what I did was I decided, because I left off in Matthew, um, I was trying to go through the book of Matthew in December to kind of um, get my heart focused on Jesus. And I got bored. And so I stopped. And so I picked up again, like halfway through Matthew. And instead of reading it in my physical Bible, I went to my app and I tried the message version. And, you know, I don't know, um, you know, people have their thoughts on like the different versions and stuff. But for me, like, it was actually very good because I was reading the same thing that I had read multiple times before, but I was reading a different version of it. So it seemed more fresh. Like it gave me a new perspective. It kind of got me more excited again to dig back into it and be like, oh yeah, what happens here? Like, I can't remember that. And so that was really good. Um, so I would suggest like if you are bored with your current Bible, maybe just try an online version that's a different version than yours and see how you like that. Um, so that was really good. That was a start. And then I started also writing the Bible. And if you've seen my Facebook, I posted about it on there actually because I got the idea from a girl on Instagram. Um, but I was doing that in the book of John. And so I'm still reading through Matthew. I'm almost done with Matthew actually at this point now. Um, but I'm reading through Matthew and I'm writing out John. <laughs> um, and so, but that really gave me a whole new perspective on it because instead of just reading, it really allows you to like sit there and soak in the passage. And when I say that, I guess one thing I could also speak to is that um, it's, it, it allows you not to be passive. Like it, it really is more active engagement, active involvement. And whenever that happens, like your brain is involved, you're learning, you're growing, you're, it's the renewing of your mind. You know, I love that verse. And I just keep saying that verse because I never know where these come from. I just like have them in my mind and they just pop up at random times. But I love the verse that says, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That to me, I've experienced that in the sense that I've noticed after accepting God into my heart, into my mind, then he does begin to transform you. If you truly have a relationship with God, he will transform your heart from the inside out. And if you love him, you will keep his commands and you will try to, you know, serve him and please him because look at all he's done for you. Like he sent his son as a sacrifice and he gives us blessings upon blessings and grace upon grace. And it's just like, when someone does that for you, why wouldn't you want to live your life for that and for him and to please him, you know? Um, and so I guess kind of what I'm trying to say is if you're stuck in your Bible reading or in hearing from God or in your faith walk, these might be some great places to start. Um, some little kind of tangible things that you can implement right now. Um, and maybe it'll spark something for you. Cause I know it definitely did for me. Um, but the main thing that I wanted to talk about today is in Matthew 25, actually. And I know for all of you Christians who've heard this verse before or this parable before, I know it's tempting to tune out, but don't tune out because it's really good. 
Um, and, and when you're reading your Bible, if you have questions pop up in your brain about it, or if you're confused about something, take that as a sign to pause and like write it down and just kind of think about that and meditate on it because you never know where those thoughts will lead you. And so today, while I was reading through the parable of the talents, um, for anybody who doesn't know, it's pretty much these three servants and, um, their master goes away on a long trip and he gives to the first, according to his ability, five talents. The second, ma- the second servant he gives two talents, and then the third servant he gives one talent to. And um, a talent, I, I guess, essentially, it's like a bag of silver. I think. Um, so it can equate to like money in our day. Like that's the example that Jesus was giving to his people, and when he told the story. Um, and so, long story short, he the master comes back from the end of a long trip, and he summons the three servants, and he goes, okay, to the first one, I gave you five talents, what do you got for me? And the guy's like, I got five back for you. So, pretty much, he doubled what his master gave him. And the master says, well done, my good and faithful servants. Um, you've been faithful over a few things, so I will put you in charge of many things. Come share in your master's joy. Then the second guy, he's like, all right, what you got for me? And he says, I came back with two talents. So you gave me two. I came back with two more. I doubled what you gave me. And the master says, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over many things or over a few things. So I will put you in charge of many things. Come share your master's joy. So he does. And then to the third guy, he comes up to the master and says this, master, I know you. You're a harsh man, reaping where you haven't sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and I went off and I hid your talents in the ground. <laughs> Pretty much he digs a hole and doesn't do anything with the money that he was given. And so he says, see, now you have what is yours to the master. And pretty much the master says, you evil, lazy servant. If you knew that I reap where I haven't sown and gather where I haven't scattered, then you should have deposited my money in the bank where it would have grown interest. Um, And I would have received my money back plus interest. So take the talent from this man and give it to the one who has 10 talents for everyone who has will be given and he will have more than enough. But from the one who does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. And throw this good-for-nothing servant into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Okay, so (laughs) pretty intense. Um, And so as I was reading that, like, you know, the first thought is obviously, okay, that was stupid of him, right? Like, why would he go bury that instead of doing anything with it? Like, and, and the thing to note, too, that I was thinking of is, he has a wrong perception of his master, right? Like that's something to think about is the other two servants, when they approached the master, they didn't say, Hey, I know you're mean and evil. So because of that, I'm going to go double what you gave me and come back with double that, right? Like it doesn't make sense. They obviously had a different view of the guy. Um, then this third servant who didn't do anything with what he was given. And so what, popped up for me when I read this was, okay, is this seriously about talents? Like, is this actually about money? Because I'm thinking, am I supposed to be paying 
closer attention to stewarding the Lord's money well. Like if you're, if you follow Jesus, you know, essentially we should have the view that it's God's money and we are just stewarding it on planet earth. And so it's our job to kind of learn to do that well and to take care of that and be generous with that and et cetera, et cetera. So I'm like, is this just about that though? Or is there something else? Like I, th- I wrote down this question. Is it more so an example or a metaphor about using our gifts that God has blessed us with to produce good fruit or to lead others to the kingdom? Or is it both of those ideas, you know, using our gifts and talents to lead others to the kingdom and stewarding the Lord's money? Well, like if it doesn't have to do with money, why would that be part of this, you know? And so I was like looking for answers. I'm thinking about it. I'm like, ah, I just don't know. I think I need a different perspective on this. Um, So I went to Google and I couldn't find anything like, or I, sorry, I went to YouTube um, and I was searching for some of my favorite preachers. I wanted to see if they had any sermons on this topic because I wanted to listen to it. Um, and they, I couldn't find any by the name that I was searching. And so, but I did find this one girl who I've never heard of before. And she was going through the, like, she read the scripture and then she was kind of dissecting it. And I was like, okay, this is the answer that I was hoping for because she explained what the talents are and the deeper meaning behind the scripture. And the reason why I think that she's right about that is because I kind of had that inkling, I guess, in my spirit when I wrote that question. Um, but I, I, I was doubting it, I guess. And, but when she said what she said, she actually said almost exactly what I wrote down in my question, which really confirmed that for me, that it was God kind of speaking, um, or that that was kind of the idea behind the scripture. Um, but what she said was a couple things. First off, she said, Jesus, think of it this way. Jesus is the master in, from the story and he is on a long trip right now. Like, you know, if you read at all the Bible or if you know anything about the New Testament, it's saying that Jesus is coming again and he's coming soon. And so he was here on planet earth and he departed into the heavens and then he's coming back at some point and nobody knows the day or time except for God. Jesus doesn't even know himself when he's coming back. We don't know when he's coming back. He's coming like a thief in the night and none of us know when. Um, so she said, think of it like he is on that long trip away right now. Um, and so when he comes back, you know, I think that's also why the new Testament talks a lot about like being on guard for when he comes back, because we don't know the day or hour and we can't protect against, you know, we can't protect. It gives the analogy of like a thief in the night. Like if the homeowner knew that the thief was coming in the night, he would have done something about it. Right. But since we don't know when Jesus is coming back, we better be on our guard at all times and living a godly life and just have our heart right with him. I think above all else is just like making sure our relationship is in the right place with him. Um, And so when she said that, I was like, whoa, okay. Thinking of it in this context of he's given me something to do while he's gone. And if I'm not doing it, I could be in big trouble when he comes back because I don't know the day or time that he's coming back and I don't know what state he's going to find me in, you know? Um, And so I was like, whoa, great perspective. The other thing she said was that the talents, she Googled what are the talents supposed to represent and I guess the talents represented um, essentially people, 
and not just any people, but people that we are to disciple and like bring in people who are in need of guidance, people, we want to bring them up in the faith so that they may go out then and multiply the kingdom too. And so when she was talking about this point, I went back to my question and said, you know, is this more so about using our gifts that God's blessed us with to lead others to the kingdom? You know, it's that same idea, like the talent is where it's at because bringing people to the kingdom that grows the kingdom, it multiplies the kingdom. It ensures that God is being passed on to future generations. And so like that is our ultimate purpose, I believe, on earth anyway, is just to be reflecting him and leading people to him anyway, no matter what we're doing. But to actually take people in under your wing and disciple them and mentor them or mother them or father them. Like that is the ultimate goal, I think, of a Christian person is to do that in a way that glorifies God and shows them who he is so that they might have a relationship with him one day too, and then go out and do the same. Um, and so I was like, whoa, This was the first time in a while where I had sat down, read scripture, gotten really curious about it, had some questions kind of stir up, wanted some answers about it, and then ended up listening to this woman do a Bible study on it. And then ultimately, like, I ended up watching a couple sermons today and re-sparking something that, you know, in my spirit I had been lacking, you know, that zeal. I guess, for the word and for God and for learning more. Like if I'm not craving to learn something or read something or listen to a sermon, that's a problem for me. Like I truly love those things. So I know when I stray away from those things or when I, when I am not quote in the mood for them or whatever, that that's some, that's not good. And something's wrong at that point. And so I guess that's all I have for you today. I just kind of wanted to return to the word and, um, really get back to just teaching. And, you know, it does kind of go back to what I was saying, um, from this passage of like, if we are called to disciple people and to help guide people to the Lord, like for me, I've already established that I love doing that by talking or by teaching or by reading, you know, scriptures for you guys. I used to do like online Facebook Bible studies. I, I kind of miss those actually. Um, and so I just felt the call to like return to the Lord, but then also after doing that, return to the work that he gave me to do and that I should love doing. Um, And so here I am doing just that. So anyway, hopefully you guys got something out of this episode. I really, really hope that it encourages you to seek God and to learn from him and for him to show you what your work is and what you can do to further the kingdom and who you can disciple or who you can lead to the Lord or excite, you know, about the gospel. So anyway, with that, I will leave you here for today. Have a great, great weekend. And I'm sure you guys will be hearing from me soon for season three. So be sure to tune into the next episode as we keep the Cabo rolling on Cabos with Kate. All right, peace out.